Hey guys, so this is Irene with CBiz Media and the conversation continues about Will Smith and the OG, Aunt Viv, Janet, Hubert. Um, I did a little Facebook discussion on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion. Turns out they also had a red table talk to follow up with that. So I'm going to give my thoughts. So I'll be right back. Okay, guys, so... I did a quick little review of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion that was shown on HBO Max, and I did that on Facebook. It was about 10 minutes long, and, you know, some of the things that I said, I got a deeper explanation when I watched the Red Table Talk, and um, something that I said was basically he kind of... He didn't really fight back or he didn't really like get on Miss Janet Hubert or or try to defend himself. And then he again mentioned that on Red Table Talk that no, he didn't do that and he purposely didn't do that. And, you know, he talked to a therapist that's used a lot on the Red Table Talk and they were just kind of analyzing their discussion as they met again for the first time after about 30 years of the whole issue with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Now, if you guys don't know the issue, basically a few years into the successful hit, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, starring Will Smith, um, 90s rapper, now turned actor, um, a few years in, he was not getting along with Aunt Viv, Janet Hubert, the OG Aunt Viv. And, you know, there was some things going on that nobody really knew the details on and even Will said he didn't know what she was going through so whatever the case he said some things as far as since they weren't getting along I guess he had concerns about that it sounds like the big wigs that ran everything kind of took matters in their own hands and kind of got rid of her as if she was the cause and the problem for everything and they were just ready to get rid of her And basically, she blames Will for setting that whole thing up and her ending up leaving the show. And she also clears up the misconception that she was not fired. She she actually left because they gave her a bad offer that she was not um, accepting of. So she just ended up leaving. They didn't give her any alternative offers. So she left. And was replaced. So, on uh, so there's spoilers here. So, guys, excuse me. That earlier part was like not fully a spoiler, but a little bit. But um, if you didn't see the reunion, there's spoilers um, ahead as far as what happened. I'm not gonna get like into bit by bit detail, but basically. You know, it starts out with the whole happy Fresh Prince of Bel-Air family. Everybody meets up in that living room where all the magic happened. Each character comes out one by one and everybody's just so excited to see each other as they all gather in the room. They remember James Avery who played Uncle Phil and um, they have five memories of him and lessons they learned from him. And then they get into the whole thing of what happened with the first Aunt Vivian and um, 
how the new one replaced her. So, of course, the first Aunt Viv was not in the room. So they take it to another room. They take it. Um, they show Will speaking with her probably previously before the taping um, where the whole family gets together. And they show that tape so they can watch back and see, you know, their confrontation. And their confrontation, you know, I can see the fire in Janet Hubert's character. Not her character, but in herself because she's, she's really, this is her own concerns. I'm not trying to get TV and reality mixed up, but I see the fire in in Janet as she expresses her concerns. And Will just seems to take everything in and he looks remorseful. He looks a little bit nervous. Um, And he basically apologizes for whatever he may have done wrong. And no, he doesn't lash out at her. Um, he tells her that, you know, now that he's a man, because at that time he was a very young man, only 21, that he can understand things in life more deeply. And now that she's told him what she was going through at the time, which he didn't know her backstory, um, that now they can relate to each other because he's a lot older now. He understands life better. He's been through his own life challenges as a man and not just a a young person. So everything is resolved. And, and I said, you know, respect to Will Smith for his behavior and what he's been doing. I've noticed in the last few years, he has his own YouTube channel. He's been doing bucket list type things. He was talking to Jada about the entanglement um, she had on Red Table Talk. And he's, he's kind of like putting a lot of stuff out there, him along with Jada and I don't know if she's the one that that kind of encouraged that or not, but I just think it's important to do things like that and to resolve issues and to let things go and to do things that you've always wanted to do and all of that because, you know, we never know when there's going to be no more for us and that's going to be our last day. Of course, Will Smith has many more years ahead. Hopefully we all have many more years ahead. And, and God willing, but just to say that we need to live in this moment. We need to live without regrets. We need to resolve issues that we need to resolve in life. And so that was a good example of that. And just remembering the fun of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And I also mentioned that Will was like one of the first rappers turned actors that I recall. Somebody can check me if I'm wrong, but. After that, we had um, more music artists, I'll say, like Brandy came out with her own show. Later on, LL Cool J came out with his own sitcom. Eve came out with her own sitcom. Those those last two are, are rappers, and Brandy is a singer. And I bet you there's a few more that I can't recall right now, but he was kind of like the start of taking a music artist and putting them in a whole nother industry and it actually working and becoming a success so in that way I think that was also groundbreaking but I'm gonna talk more about their discussion as they got into the red table um, and he kind of talked a little bit more about his mindset and what they were talking about during their discussion and confrontation so we're gonna get more into that in a moment 
we have some great sponsorship deals available if you'd like to sponsor our podcast. And we'll give you a shout out on each episode right here, as well as you will get a shout out on radio once a month. So if you're interested in sponsoring us, you can email me at cbiztv at yahoo.com. That's cbiztv at yahoo.com for details. Okay, so again on Red Table Talk, he had a therapist there. He took over the Red Table. It was just him and the therapist, and then they were watching and dissecting the video between him and the original Aunt Viv. And some of the things that he revealed was he revealed that he was frightened and he had fear um, involved in this confrontation and he needed he didn't feel good about it and he said his whole the whole invention of will smith is to make people feel the opposite of that way and he didn't want anyone to feel what he was feeling at that moment and the therapist told him well why don't you get into your own feelings you're always thinking about what other people feel you need to start out with feeling what you feel and that's true um i just think kind of like will smith is an icon And he talks about growing up in a home where his father was abusive, especially to his mother. And how he almost tried to reinvent himself or invent somebody completely new. And I felt like, wow, is he trying to be like a super human person or something? You know how celebrities are like, is he even really being who he really is or is he is his whole life based on a persona and he just wants to make other people feel good and feel happy just like he did when he was a kid and he said he put on that laughter that performing persona so that he can lighten up his family home and hopefully distract his father and keep his father as happy as possible so he can um eliminate that abuse and that's like in a child's mind that's his take on things but just to see how some people can be so damaged by things going on growing up that he almost had to try to reinvent a whole new persona of himself it seems kind of crazy and it seems kind of like basically he wants to be a people pleaser and it's not ever about him and it's always about the other person's happiness in a way, I really think that's unhealthy. So I'm glad the therapist said, well, why don't you talk about where you're coming from? But, you know, I think Will Smith, if I admire him, I think it's very big of him to take the stance that he took. He explained on some things he learned in therapy about just listening to the other person's story and not trying to take over and not trying to say, well, you did this 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 to me but just to listen to their story and try to have compassion and relate to them and connect with them and um that's basically what he did and that's basically what I feel like a real man should do now I'm not saying women should be erratic and get upset and fly off the handle but sometimes we we can be that way I'm not gonna lie we can get upset we could get heated but um I think that a real man should be able to take that and not to be upset and fly off the handle back at the woman and 
though I do feel man should validly be able to express his emotions and his opinions. But of course he could do that without being violent and without being nasty because nasty plus nasty equals more nasty. So um, that's what the therapist was saying because she said he did took a good stance and instead of trying to point fingers back at her, he kind of kept the situation, you know, going in in a positive direction because if they both started pointing fingers then it just would have been a fight but I just feel like um he took the stance of what I feel like a real man should do in in just about all cases especially when you're dealing with a woman as well as not to fly off the handle and he's seen what his father has done and had had um the role he played in his life against his mother so I'm glad that he took that and said I'm not going to do that and I'm not going to be that because many people do take that and they actually feel like that's normal which I understand why because that's what they grew up with well many people take that and will use that in their future and and use this as a normal thing but I'm glad he was able to see it for what it was and say no this is not how you treat people and this is not what I'm going to be But I think it took him to the point where he has to, he feels like he has to be a people pleaser constantly. And then he made the remark of, you know, Janet was basically putting him a place of taking care, taking away his safety and security, which was his money and his job. And um, so he did say it was a dragon that came out of him and kind of just tried to defend himself and defend his money and what he wanted. And I'm glad that he admitted that and didn't just try to stay on the goody two shoes route. But I do kind of feel like he did this show in order to explain away some of the behavior that he had. Um, I have a therapist there, of course, but kind of just explain, well, this is why I did this and I'm still the nice Will Smith and I don't know if you really have to do all of that but I feel like he's a person that just needs a lot of approval and I feel like he shouldn't he should feel that way and at the end of the day the therapist was saying well you can't look to other people um he talked about how women's approval was very important to him and like Willow was like the only successful female relationship he's had male and female relationship with his daughter that basically with your child you're gonna have that unconditional love and he's a good father to her so it's a different dynamic but that's basically what he was saying you know like he felt like he disappointed all the other women in his world probably starting with his mother because he couldn't protect her but that's kind of sad but uh, I feel like he still struggles with approval and needing approval from everyone and constantly and that's what the whole thing of God coming into the picture to me is that I don't need anybody else to approve me but God and myself you do have to love yourself but I feel like that God element has to be there that connection with God and your creator it has to be there because I can approve myself all that I want but I didn't make myself and to have the person that the being I'll say that made you give you a thumbs up and just show you love um 
I think that's kind of makes the difference in everybody's life and it can make a difference in everyone's life. So I'm trying to see if I have any more points before I close in talking about the Red Table Talk. And yeah, I didn't know that people were uh, actually harassing the original Aunt Vivian because, you know, I made a point on my Facebook post that when she was fired, it was a thought that there may be some colorism involved because she's dark skin and she was replaced by a light skin character um so that was a thought back then but i didn't know people were you know hating her so much and and blaming her for will not liking her and so everybody else didn't like her and i didn't know her career was completely just went down the tubes i didn't know all of that stuff but i can see how that could happen Um, looking back on the situation and the story that she shared but you know I didn't know it was all of that drama going on and but and I did at that time suspect it could be colorism but and I don't know why they made the choice to pick a a light-skinned actress part of me feels like they wanted to completely go opposite so they didn't so they wouldn't be able to compare the new person as close as they would to her because of the difference in complexions they there are so many differences between the new and and the old G Aunt Viv that you really couldn't compare them it was like a night and day so to speak and I'm not trying to be coloristic on this I'm just saying they were just two very opposite people so it was kind of weird when they you when they replaced her and i wish that they would have talked to the new aunt vivian a little bit more to see her more of her thoughts on being replaced and how she felt in that place even though it seems like she was treated like family and everybody loved her but i would like to hear a little bit more from her perspective and i'd also love to see will and aunt viv do something together i don't know if that's possible but maybe let's let them do another podcast episode and, and talk a little bit deeper about hollywood and you know some other things they went through during their acting careers i mean i just like to see aunt viv do some more i felt the actress in her come on and i do feel like she brings that drama and I do feel like when they do things like this, it is kind of staged and it's kind of a show to get us interested and give us something to watch. So I don't feel like it's always 100% genuine when they bring people together and they do these type of things. But another thing that I did notice is now that these actors have all of these platforms, they can go on their own social media channels he, he went on his wife's social media um, platform, her show, actually, her social media show. And nowadays, stars, they don't have to go to Dr. Phil. They don't have to go to Oprah anymore. Oprah, I don't even know if she has it that same way, but they don't have to go on those talk shows to get their feelings out. It's like they got their own platforms now and they can be their own Dr. Phil's and bring their own people on and and they can get like all of the views and everything that they need. So I'm not saying the days of Dr. Phil are gone, but I see um, a lot of people just using their own platforms. If they have a big name, you just use your own platform. You don't have to go 
to another one like Dr. Phil deals with therapy and Will Smith is an actor so he talk about acting things it's like everything kind of melts together your emotions your acting your products like everything just comes together on these platforms and um I'm not gonna say they're gonna do away with with shows like that but it just seems like less of a need for shows like that and I thought I heard Dr. Phil might be ending at some point too hey I might be wrong but whatever the case I'm sure Jada will try to fill those shoes and I noticed Jada kind of stepped back a little bit from her show like she let um the Estefan family come through and do a special and now she's letting Will come in and do his own thing so I don't know how she feels about the whole entanglement because I haven't heard her her last thoughts on it or if she's even spoken of it but I like the idea that she's kind of stepping back and letting some other things go through and some other people go through and change up the dynamics and the format I don't know if that was for a particular reason like entanglement or if she just wanted to mix things up a little bit or she has something of her own things going on I don't know but I'm done, guys. I'm done talking about um, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion and the follow-up Red Table Talk where Will takes over and gets deeper in his discussion with Aunt Viv. And if anything else comes up with this, I'll totally um, share and get into it and talk some more about it. But I just thought it was... I like the fact that he came on and explained his his thought process and what he was thinking during that he showed some of his backstory from where he comes from emotionally how he grew up so I did appreciate that um I don't know if it's I feel like sometimes it's a tactic to milk a certain story and situation as much as you possibly can I'm maybe a little bit but I enjoyed it always got love and respect for Will Smith and um that whole need of approval though you know god does that for me because i completely can relate to will's idea of wanting to look perfect in front of people and everyone to accept them i hate rejection on all levels but i've been rejected so many times i'm kind of like used to it and i know that i get my approval from the lord at the end of the day and if god approves you like who else do you need that's the top one right so okay i'm done guys I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day. If you have any comments, rest of your day or night, whatever you're listening, because this might be late night ramblings. I'm not sure. It's It might be late night ramblings when I put this on, but God bless you. Let me know what you think. If you have any more thoughts or comments on this, email me at cbiztv at yahoo.com. That's cbiztv at yahoo.com. All right, everybody, don't go anywhere. We're not quite done yet. We have another topic to tackle. This is a double feature special. So keep it here. Thank you for listening and happy holidays. Okay, guys, I want to give you guys some quick feedback on this movie called Between the World and Me. And I'm going to put all the information in the description about the writer. And it's based an adaptation, I think, of a play or a stage play. And they turned it into a film. They had some great actors and actresses in there doing excerpts. Um, they had a good musical close. Um, 
I did not catch it from the very beginning, but I'm going to go back and look. But you can check it out on HBO and HBO Max. Um, but definitely a great Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matters film concerning a young man named Prince who passed on due to police brutality situations. And then and then they connect that with the recent the more recent passing of Breonna Taylor. And then there's so many other dynamics in there about race. You have uh, a lot of narrators, beautiful African-American, African-American actors and actresses and people of color that are in our industry. We have, like I said, a very moving musical number at the end, a hip hop number, hip hop R&B. So um, they take this and they make a very artistic, dramatic movie out of this and you can see it on HBO or HBO Max and it's excerpts from this play now I just it just made me think of some of the things that we went through as African Americans and being treated as less than human and being used um, for our facility and what we can do and what we can give and it just upset me the whole idea of what we went through not beyond just the slavery and being beaten and whipped and all the movies that you see and the stories that you've heard um it's just we we hate that i hate that but some of the other things the experiments is what i really speak of treating someone as less than human experimenting on us like we were animals um women being looked into looking inside the woman without giving her any type of pain medicine just because she's black i've actually heard some of the people in the science medical field that, that are white at that time back in the way back in the day say oh black people can't feel any pain like like we are less than human like we're almost on some type of strange animal and just how they take us and exploit us on so many levels um when they went to take us from our land and use us as slaves they sexually exploited us they worked us like animals or worse than animals they beat us like they took out all their pleasures hates and angers on us And they even used us for modern science to find out what's next and how they can heal the white population. They did all of this to the black population as if we were less than human. Well, if we're so less than human, then why were we able to be used for discoveries to help sick people, to change the medical industry? It's just crazy how just everything that we went through as african-americans so it's very artistic um you see photos of prince the young man that passed his interaction with his family connection with his family and connection with brianna taylor and just connection with race in general and everything that we go through as african-americans and black lives matters issues all of that so i recommend you check it out if you can uh, it might make you a little bit angry and it's understandably so and I think 
it might make white people angry too. And if you're angry when you see and hear some of those things that black people go on through and you're white, thank you for being angry because that's what a normal human being would feel. And if you don't feel anger, if you're indifferent, if you don't care, then there's something wrong with you just to let you know if anybody of any color listens to some of the stories that black people have gone through they don't feel angry they don't feel remorse they don't care it's something wrong with that person that's all I have to tell you so if you're not sure if you're racist then you probably are if you don't care about what black people have gone through unlawfully and if you're trying to make excuses of why they should go through these things then you are not human yourself you you can't look at what um, we've gone through as a race and act as if it's fair it's equal it's it's nothing because if you do then you truly look at us as less than human as well but we talk about black lives matters and all of those things and i think it's very important to share our stories but i don't want to look at white people and bash them and i don't like Especially if I don't know, I'm just looking at you because you're white and I'm not going to assume that you're automatically racist. But I do feel racism is embedded in our society to the point where we don't even realize it. So I hope some of these stories that that are heard opens the eyes of some white people, some other races and even some people in our own culture. See, you know, they pit us against each other. And they set us up so that we can be even be against each other. Even the people in the police departments, the government, they have us even looking at our own race as if we are the, the problem and we need to be put in line. So it's, it's set up that way. But I also don't want to dismiss white people and just put them all in the same box and have white hate. Um because I just notice how we just say the way we talk about white people today or we don't talk about them or we generalize white people and white people aren't all the same white people aren't all like um, a certain person that sees us in a different way or disrespects us all white people are not the same so when I say white people in my mind, I just I want to have a different mindset because I'm not going to lump all of you into the same box. I know that you all have different experiences and some of you connect with us and some of you don't. Some of you don't get it. Some of you want to get it. So I see that there that you're coming from all different places, but I also see that just as we were mistreated for for centuries and put in this false system so were you and you were told that you were superior and you were told that you were better throughout generations and you probably believe that and that's for some people that are racist um i did a podcast episode about race and um there were a few quotes from some major people back in the many years, centuries, probably century or so ago, even Abraham Lincoln, who we thought were was on our side. 
but he basically said something about they showed a quote I saw on Facebook that you know black people are different okay we can agree on that but he said that but there there definitely has to be a superior race and we are the superior so to see Abraham Lincoln thinking that way and he's supposed to be the the one that to help free us from slavery not to say people can't change either because I do believe people can change and I did an episode about that as well that I do believe that people can change their mindset there's people that white people that have helped us through the underground railroad and other causes and helped us in the abolitionist efforts against racism and civil rights and I do believe some of them did change it was actually a story what they were Taraji P Henson where she actually worked with a KKK member um, in the movie. It was a real-life African-American woman and KKK member. They came together, and, you know, he saw error in his ways, and he actually became friends with her and started working with the causes with her. So I do believe that people can change, and if you expose them to that idea and that mindset, I do believe that they can change, but I also believe that there's some undercover racists. I believe that there's more than one way to be racist. There's the obvious um, police brutality, shooting, killing people before they even get to say much of anything. Um, uh, what else? Just giving racist remarks on social media, um, judging and stereotyping all black people in your conversations blatant racist and then there's those those kind of undercover kind of soft racist where they say well they kind of patronize you as a black person and say oh well I understand because they probably didn't have a good education and they probably don't know how to handle themselves because they lived in the ghetto their whole lives and and they probably don't understand because you know they're african-american and they probably don't understand the way we do that's racist too you might think oh you're feeling sorry for a black person and you might even give to the NAACP and say oh those black people need it because they have problems you know that's still racist um you might give uh, give to um give them food boxes and say oh those black people need it because they're poor okay maybe we're there's black poor people but there's white poor people as well um and there's black people doing a lot of good things and there's black people that are struggling same thing in all races so to be racist and say well I'll help this cause because I know black people just have problems like that's still being racist um and a lot of the struggles that black people have started when they were brought here from slavery and the system is is against us and it's been rigged against us and there's still white people that don't believe that today and think well they just need to pull themselves up from their bootstraps and just like I did well um generations ago my people were were forced over here while you your people probably were comfortably here like I do know that they're immigrants and they struggle as well but still it's different when you're immigrant you choose to come when you were a slave you're forced to come there's a difference so that's my points I want to make um and again I want you guys to check out that film if you can and when you can please check out that film on HBO or HBO Max Between the World and Me 
talks a lot about race and I recommend this for all races and all cultures because you might want to get a little bit angry and it might let you see other people's points of views but I'm not gonna say put white people in the box and I feel like we kind of got caught up with that idea the way we say white people even other white people do that when they make jokes like comedians they make fun of their own like white people like you are white people as well but I'm just saying like we can't put all white people in a box of racism and racist. And honestly, to be truthful, when I saw Joe Biden win, I felt like there was some sort of redemption for our country. Like we are not as evil and hateful as it seems like when the former president came in and, and everyone just came down on African-Americans and all other minorities when Biden won and Kamala Harris, it just shows that there is hope for America. So it made me very hopeful. So I think we have a chance yet. All right. God bless you guys.